Hello there, thanks for joining me in the podcast today as we talk about social media and depression. You know, social media now has been around and utilized by people of all ages for the last decade, 10 years or at least. So we're not dealing with something new. We're now, however, at a point in our understanding and our research and our understanding and studies of social media that it does have an effect on people. It is not blasé. It's not neutral. It's not just something that we choose and and, uh, utilize periodically. It's addictive. It's impactful. It's life-changing. It orders our lives often in manners in which we would prefer not and are certainly not in our best interest. So let's take a look at just this whole issue of social media just a little bit from what we now know after 10 years of utilizing it and seeing it operate within our society. You know, we can be in a world that surrounds us, thousands of people, yet we're completely alone. And partly because we choose to be alone. We choose to associate with a telephone, with an iPad, with a electronic system of some kind that removes us from people and pulls us into the world of aloneness. And as a result of that, depression. There was a study done in 2017. Now this goes back a little bit, but it's been repeated over and over again. Depression symptoms and suicide rates were climbing at that point in time, climbing among adolescents. And it was directly linked to screen time and social media usage. So social usage, social media usage, is critical in terms of our own emotions and our moods and our attitudes and our experiences in life. So it pulls us away from people, number one. It pulls us into a world of aloneness. And I might add, it also pulls us into a world of darkness, of isolation, because we see the outgrowth of that, the outgrowing of that is depression and suicide rates media in various forms. The news outlets grabs attention and causes a person to click, particularly a young person, and feed ourselves with negativism and depression. So it's just, it's not just time on social media. It's the nature of social media. It's the content of social media that we buy into and that we seek out, that we spend time with. Pressing negative news is depressing and keeps us from socialization. And then that leads to depression because depression is partly, among other things, partly due to the disconnection. When we disconnect from our world, when we disconnect from our peers, we disconnect from our relationships, our family, we buy into depression. Now, social media users are constantly bombarded with advertisement. This is not necessarily selling uh, Cheerios or soap or perfume or, you know, whatever it is. But social media advertisers are what we call influencers, social influencers. And what are they selling? What are they promoting? They're promoting lifestyle. Lifestyle that is beyond your ability to attain and maintain. So it's frustrating, it's depressing, it's discouraging, it's anger producing. So when you read or look at social media, and you read in the newspaper and read in magazines and various other places, the attractiveness of driving in an expensive car, the attractiveness of somehow being famous, the attractiveness of some kind of a favorite wearing designer piece of clothing. The young minds buy into that, and then they find themselves unable to have it. Or if they get it, they can't keep it, they can't maintain it, they can't keep pace with it. So depression becomes part of the experience. Frustration and then depression. Alexandria Hamlet is a psychologist. 
And she said this, The less you are connected with human beings in a deep, empathetic way, the less you are really getting the benefits of a social interaction. Now, that's pretty profound. Social relationships offer a great deal of benefit. Ideas get promoted. Words of encouragement get shared. Thoughts get entertained. Friendships get bonded and grow and develop. Ideas come your way that you can pursue. There's lots of benefit from social connected behavior. But when you're spending your time alone on social media, you are bypassing the benefits of that social connection that otherwise would be yours. And here's another point. When you spend your time in social media, you forego, you overlook, you walk away from the opportunity to develop social skills. It's not just being exposed to ideas and so on with other people, but just the idea of a social skill not being developed is very profound. Now, here's a little observation for you. The other day in my uh, clinical practice, I talked to a young person who was manager in a very upscale department store. And this person said this, we can't find people to hire. That's one problem. But he went on to say this, the people we hire do not have social skills and we have to teach them social skills as part of training. The person went on to say this, they don't know how to say hello to a customer. They don't know how to approach a customer and ask if they can be of help. They don't know how to say thank you to a customer. They don't know how to say goodbye to a customer. Come again. See you next time. They don't have those interactional social skills. Now, there's two things about that. Number one, that kind of store, and that particular store, but that kind of store that hires people like that, tend to get a lower rating. And then their customer base drops because it's known as an unfriendly store. Or at least it's known as a not friendly store. <laughs> so you don't go to stores that are not friendly. You go to stores that are friendly. You want to be acknowledged. You want to be uh, commended. You want to be entertained in some way. But when you're not, it's grossly missing and you tend to go elsewhere. Now that's a profound effect. What happens to kids who spend time in social media? They do not spend time learning social skills. They learn isolation skills. They learn non-talking skills, non-communicative skills. And then when they're placed in a situation where they need to communicate, they don't know how. Or they may know how, but they don't know how to get the energy to do it, or how to get the enthusiasm to do it, or how to put enthusiasm with their comment. So it comes out flat. So we see it in the marketplace today, not just in the suicide industry, not just in the depression counseling centers, but we see it in the business centers of the day too. Social media has a devastating effect upon people. Now, here's another piece of research which is very interesting to know. Young people, and this went from back to that study in 19, pardon me, 2017. Young people who spend a lot of hours in social media, but also spend a significant amount of time offline and involve themselves in face-to-face -face interactions with other people, peers of their own age, if you will. Those kids, those people are less likely to develop signs of depression. So if you do social media and you also do social interaction, non-social media stuff, depression is less likely to occur. Suicide is less likely to occur. Social skills are more likely to develop. So we need to prevent <clears throat> depression. We need to prevent the isolation. It's limiting time on social media. It's detoxing from social media. Detoxing is like detoxing from alcohol. No involvement, no consumption. Let the body dry out, if you will. Let the brain dry out. 
The more days and the more weeks of detox, the better. So detox from your social media, even if you have to do it periodically, maybe once a month. Detox, maybe for a day or two. No social media, no use of electronics. And the other thing is, watch what you look at. Engage yourself in social media with things which are uplifting, which advance your faith, which advance your career, which advance your knowledge base, which gives you topics to engage conversation with other people. Things to think about, things to read about, things to talk about. Let social media bring its benefits to you. You can choose. Now, when you look at the news these days, and I'm going to shift to a little different topic, but it's similar. When you look at the news these days, you hear this ranting, total ranting, that the government can't tell me what to do with my body. Well, let me make a couple of observations. First of all, it's not your body. You were created. You're created by a creator. So in one way, you share ownership of that body. Or the other way of looking at it is the body's not your own. It belongs to your creator. And you have an investment to use that body appropriately, wisely, and for the good of yourself and good of others. And for the good of the community in which you live and so on. So that's number one. It's not your body. Number two is if you're pregnant, it's not your body. If you're pregnant, you have a part of a male sperm inside of you as well. Belongs to another person. The fetus that is beginning to grow after three days, after two days, is now the coming together of two people, parts of two people. So it isn't your body. It's your body in part, but it's also a body of someone else, the male partner that brought about that particular pregnancy. So stop talking about yourself. That's being very selfish, being very uh, oriented to just your own personal pleasure, if you will. No, your body is now a combination, producing something that is a combination of two people, not one. Okay, that's the third point is this. When you hear people say the government can't tell me what to do with my body, and you're, you're hearing that ranting all over the place, the government can't tell me what to do with my body, Kamala Harris, and with angry words, shouted that out the other day. How dare they? Government cannot tell me what to do with my body. And there are a lot of people that believe that. A lot of people think that that's right. Well, government can't tell you. But look at it this way. The government's telling you whether you can vax or not, whether you should vax or not, or you must vax or not. Do you say the same thing there? The body, the government cannot tell me to vax? Many, many people say, the government can't tell me what to do with my body relative to abortion or pregnancy. But they allow the government to tell them what to do and demand vaccination. And they go along with that. They allow the government to tell them what to do with their body there. What a, con what a contradiction in terms. What a contradiction in thought. What a contradiction in behavior. What a contradiction in value systems and in philosophy of life. The government makes decisions as to whether we put a prisoner to death or not. We call it the death penalty. Some of us agree with that. We allow the government to make that decision. We allow the, the government to make the decision whether we are vaccinated. But we don't want the government to make the decision as to whether we can abort a baby. There's just an inconsistency there. So you need to rethink that one. You need to be consistent. You can't live a life where you have one belief on one hand and a different belief on the other. So there you are. All coming from social media. All coming from the news which we are exposed these days. Messages are mixed. Messages are negative. Messages are depressing. Messages are discouraging. Messages are, are uh, anger-producing, confusing.
And as a result, the more time we spend on, on social media and are exposed to this kind of thinking, the more we are prone to depression. And you can counter that by spending as much time, if not more, in non-social media social interaction with friends and people. Hey, thanks for joining me today. And um, trust that these ideas might just permeate your own thinking. And um, be a voice of reason in the relationships with which you have and to which you're exposed on a day-to-day basis. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.